0: Everyone, Welcome to the Charvak podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. Alright, today's podcast is on the Uttarakhand Civil Code or the Uttarakhand Uniform Civil Code Bill. As you guys know, in this month, I think it's not even been a week where the Chief Minister of Uttarakhand basically announced that uh, from now onwards, the state of Uttarakhand is going to be governed by a common civil law and uh, they made the announcement and since then there have been very interesting discussions on that well if for those who don't know i can share the moment where that bill was literally announced for those people who don't know the video play this was the moment when the bill was announced and 2024 विधेयक को पारित करने की मैं अनुज्ञा चाहता हूं प्रश्न यह है कि समान नागरिक संहिता उत्तराखंड 2024 विधेयक को पारित किया जाए जो माननीय सदस्य इसके पक्ष में हो कहें जो माननीय सदस्य इसके विरोध में हो कृपया नहीं कहें हां की संख्या है अतः विधेयक पारित हुआ So this is the bill that we are going to be focusing on today. Obviously, it has led to intense discussion around uh, the commentary, act, whether in the media and many other sections. So the entire bill is uh, very detailed. We are also going to be, I mean, I've just put up uh, the bill on the screen too. Uh, It will be there in the background if you want to put up any section or something of that sort. It is called the Uniform Civil Code of Uttarakhand 2024. Having said that, as always, we have Nikhil Mehra with us. Kyaala Nikhil? And now let I'm very well, Kushad. How are you? I'm a
1: I, I I don't like this usage of, as always. I, I'm not <laughs> your some resident sort of <laughs> shaman for no? these kind of things.
0: No, but you are. You, you
1: are yeah, the I smart the one. Law. You should get other lawyers as well. People will start thinking what? that my way of thinking is the only way of thinking about the law. It's not. I...
0: See, you have to understand. Since when did I start caring about what people think? I don't care about that.
1: No, no, no. That's That's... in terms of just the spice of life. But uh, yeah, so interesting development. But uh, before I actually go to the provisions of the Act, right? uh, the single most important thing that this entire legislative exercise indicates to us is that the entire basis of any UCC Hmm. already exists in Indian law. Hmm. Right? There are alternative provisions, or there are alternative legislation which apply outside of personal laws to almost everything. You could be of any religion in, in this country, you could marry under the Special Marriage Act. Yeah. And if you did so, you would be out of the personal laws.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? You could be of any religion in the country, and you could, you could, uh, in certain territories, in certain circumstances, have your bequest dealt with under what is known as the Indian Succession Act. Mm-hmm. Right. This particular legislation, I'm not going to say every single section fits this description, but very wisely, in my opinion, although this is treated. There is desultory commentary about it, those who say that this is cut and paste job. I say it is very wisely done so, that it is essentially an amalgamation of the Hindu Marriage Act, the uh, Hindu Succession Act, the Indian Succession Act, these three in specific. They are, almost every single section is there from these particular legislations. There are certain new sections, there are certain additions, but the point being that merely because it is called the Hindu Succession Act or the Hindu Marriage Act, Please don't be fooled. There is nothing Hindu about those acts anymore. Because you had a progression of, through the Hindu code in 57. And in fact, one of, I think, the best things that the UPA did was the further amendment in 2005 to the Hindu Succession Act and to the Hindu Marriage Act. Uh, We are often in a debate on UCC told that will Hindus be willing to give up on uh, HUF. For example,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. the concept of an HUF as traditionally understood has been dead for decades now. That is the uh, concept of succession by survivorship. I want to just as a first principles guide, explain that there is a difference between what is called as intestate succession, testate succession and succession by survivorship. Intestate succession is succession to properties absent a will. Right? Mm. But I say this specifically in the context of self-acquired properties. Properties that you acquire in your lifetime and not inherited by you, by virtue of any ancestral or HUF or joint family link that you acquire in your lifetime will transfer down intestate. Okay. Right? Testate is by virtue of a will. In a will, you are only capable, and I'm talking of Hindus at this moment in time, and I'm talking mm-hmm. of them because what I say now in relation to Hindus is effectively the law in, under the Uttaraghan UCC. Under testate succession, that is testamentary succession, you are only allowed to will that which you own. So you can place within the will properties that you otherwise obtained by way of an HUF or a prior uh, uh, ancestral lineage, but only to the extent to which your share arises. Right. Mm. So the simple rule is, you can only give what you own. It's a very simple rule, and that's what it- survivorship is. You have nine. You have you have exercised zero steps. Right. Survivorship is, I as a father have received a share in ancestral property. The day Mm. my child is gone, that child has a right.
2: Mm.
1: In that property. The old HUF system, this is why I brought up this, was a survivorship system. Mm. One karta died, the next karta automatically came along, the property remained uniform. It remained combined. All of that Mm. has already been gone. Because back in 2005, the provision was introduced that upon the death of a male Hindu or a female Hindu, there would immediately be a notional partition.
0: A partition would occur. Hmm. So uh, so now in the in the under current laws, if in an HUF, if a karta passes away, the, the eldest Huf- in the house does not become Huf-, Huf-, HUF itself dissolves. It dissolves. You now split okay. the members get their
1: various shares. They can now set up their own HUF if they'd like.
0: Hmm. but that old HUF is gone okay so you have to uh, re-go with the whole process of forming a new HUF
1: it's actually, there is no real process Kushal. the idea of an HUF was it was a natural existence, all Hindus were always in an Hindu undivided family at the very least Hmm. the moment you were born the moment you got married Hmm. right? the moment you were born, you were in your father's HUF, the moment you got married, your own HUF got established, that idea is dead now because the joint family concept died So the moment your father passes away, that that property, even if he had put it into an HUF, it then uh, gets disposed of by way of a partition. When it comes to your hand, it's actually self-acquired. Now it's it's your individual property, what we call individual property. Okay. Right? Nobody else has rights to it other than you. You can deal with it as you wish to. If it were HUF property, if I dealt with HUF property as I wanted to as a karta, I would have to use the proceeds for the benefit of the larger family. And I would have to show it is for the larger benefit of the family. Right. Mm. So this was the concept of control, that control element was gone. Anyway, we're getting a little bit sidelined, but the idea was all of this is anyway. To the succession principles in this act, it largely leans on the Hindu succession act and the Indian succession act. Mm. To the marriage provisions in this act, it largely leads on, on the Hindu act and the special act. Right. Mm. My short point being the biggest question that used to always come to us is what will the code look like? What will the code look like? I used to always tell you in a different way that look, this idea of a UCC has always been in place. It's the, it's this process has been undergoing throughout, hmm. right? Domestic Violence Act comes around. That's an aspect of your user. It'll apply to everyone. Poxo hmm. comes around. POCSO had some controversies, underage marriage, underage sexual abuse, had some controversies. Those controversies will die with this act, I'll show that, hmm. right? Uh, so, what you are that entire process was underway in any event. What the Uttarakhand uh, committee that's that made this act appears to have done is to essentially take all of those sections and put them into one court. Hmm. And I don't think that's a bad exercise. I don't, I have no problem with being cut and paste. I think we had attained a reasonable degree of progressiveness. I only say a reasonable degree of progressiveness because. This is also the first judgment passed after the gay rights judgment was passed by the Indian Supreme Court. Hmm. And, the, and while the Indian Supreme Court did not hold that uh, gay marriage was a fundamental right, that marriage was a fundamental right, hmm. and therefore uh, persons of, of the same sex had the right to marry under Indian law without any amendments necessary, a fundamental hmm. right in that regard it did always indicate that the policy has to move towards that direction. Hmm. This being the first legislation on that topic that has been passed, that I am aware of since the passage of that judgment. Certainly the first comprehensive legislation in any state since the passage of that judgment, it had the opportunity to comply with exactly those uh, directions. Well, they're, not, they're not even directions, but that indication set out by the by the Supreme Court. And it chose not. Right? Let's hmm. be clear. So, just a few things, therefore, to take away from this introduction. One, the basis of a UCC has always existed in Indian law, but the point of conflict used to be that personal laws applied nonetheless. Hmm. Right? So you had to opt into a UCC environment. Now there is no opt in, and there is yeah. no opt out. Yeah, that's what a UCC does. There is neither an opt in nor an opt out. This is your only law. Yeah, this is the norm. That's right. Singular, no, you had regimes, you had legal regimes you could walk into. If a Hindu and a Muslim were getting married, for example, a, Muslim, a Hindu girl was getting married to a Muslim man, that used to actually have quite a disparaging situation because you went from a fairly liberal legal environment for the woman to a fairly illiberal legal environment for her. absolutely right now. Same with Christian uh, laws, same with any. I mean, I'm just saying. So you had the option then to opt in together to go into the Special Marriage Act and then maintain that higher level of liberality. And then that liberality would apply to both, frankly, to both. It is not as if uh, for Muslim men also there is a complete, you know, people keep talking about the marriage and and all those rules, but property-wise, they are also roped in in certain ways by the Sharia that doesn't happen otherwise, right? Like there is, this is, the freehold concept is not as great a freehold concept as you might imagine. There are a lot of communal principles to the ownership of property even the willing of property, for example, in Muslim law, nobody can ever will away the entirety of their property. The vasiyat can never be over the entirety of the property. Not allowed. There are certain mandatory deductions that have to be made from property. Right. So all this complexity is then you know, what you could have opted out of had you chosen to, now that long, no longer exists. Then even in the opt-out, there used to be a problem. Of, all right, you have opted out. You've gone under the Special Marriage Act. Fair enough that doesn't mean your succession laws have changed that doesn't mean some other law has changed so there used to always be that kind of fun all that is now, that is the purpose of a UCC, it takes care of all of that and removes it up. The way all of this had arisen and why it couldn't be done earlier or wasn't done earlier was for whatever reason uh, the constitution framers felt that certain aspects had to be taken care of, so untouchability uh, whether we like it or not was an aspect of custom and usage in Hindus, correct? And not just Hindus across religions because it was really about the subcontinent in totality. But it went away with Article 17. Article 13 of the Constitution is what tells you what law is. Definition of law. And only that which amounts to law is amenable to challenge for violation of a fundamental right. So the question that arose before the Bombay High Court in a judgment, famous, famous judgment, called uh, Narasu Appa Mali. We have discussed this judgment in the hijab uh, podcast yeah. that we did. We have also With discussed Amna. it in the UCC podcast we had done. I think Arihant was a part of that podcast. Arihant was there, yes. That's a long time, ago, about two, three years ago, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Right? So, in Narasu Appa Mali, the main question was, does a particular personal law amount to a custom or a usage as defined in Article 13 or does it not? And at that time, a split verdict was returned that no, it does not. And that meant, basis of just that one judgment, it meant that if you could show that a particular action fell within the domain of personal law and was properly the exercise of personal law, then the general law could not apply to it. And I'm sorry to tell you this is extended as far as criminal law. Hmm. So
0: one thing I want to inform everyone: statutory this, law, rape,
1: for example, was not statutory rape for certain communities because yeah. they had the option to marry
0: underage. Yeah, and also the age of marriage was very different for certain communities.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: That's right. Where, and there are many other things. Uh, uh barbaric. <clears throat> I don't. I and I use this word uh, very responsibly. These are barbaric practices. that, that as a, I'm not even going there yet. To yeah. that
1: end, even the requirement of making the minimum age 21 or 18, right, for 21 for men and for 18 for girls, took a long time to be passed under Indian law. Not till the 80s, late 80s, 90s did this come around. Took a long time because you always had the conflict with personal law. Right? And let's be crystal clear about this child marriage is not a uh, feature of only one religion. I know. Anyway, the purpose of a UCC is to take all of this out. All yeah, and this and kaun, this fit hota hai, who fits where, who fits where, all this is gone.
0: Yeah. Right? But As also, person... I want to add one one information point for everyone. So, the, the Uttarakhand bill is only for heterosexual people, for the record. And I, uh, I, I, the I, I would, scheduled I, I, tribes are not there.
1: I was going to go provision by provision and then and show all of this in that sense, mm. right? Like I was going to go literally piece by piece and show it. Uh, but I just wanted to come back to the generality of what the UCC was, why it was problematic, so on and so forth, right? And that was this: that effectively, personal laws were not held to be laws in the meaning of uh, various usages. There are judgments in which, for specific temples. The fact that a shudra could not be made a uh, priest was had to be upheld by the Supreme Court on the ground of customary usage. And people talk about personal laws that the the, the the primacy of the personal law, the the general consensus amongst a lot of people who want to have a negative view of things is oh this has this has really benefited muslim community or 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 really benefited the sharia the truth is this 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 elevation of the personal law came in pursuit of hindu customs in fact in the defense of bigamy different matter what happens next is that this this is an interplay i want to explain so i am saying there are judgments that say and, and this becomes a consistent view held by the supreme court all the way until down the, until to the sombrimala judgment Indian Young Lawyers Association, that personal laws cannot be challenged on the annual of fundamental rights. Hmm. Right? In other words, saying religion is in any event a little bit kooky. And if you start applying it to modern fundamental rights standards, it will all fall apart. That was never the intention. You're allowed to maintain your culture. And your culture is maintained through this very necessary hint of barbarism, as you called it. And we will protect that. That's Hmm. your liberty. So liberty arguments can get tossed around on some very heinous stuff at times, right? This this happens.
0: Mm. Yeah, cultural relativism.
1: So, well, cultural relativism, but let's understand liberty does cause, does not create perfect outcomes, right? So, okay. it, and it can happen even in the context of non-religious liberty, the exercise of non-religious liberty or or, or a principle that does not, does not base itself in religion. Liberty can sometimes hit its extreme levels and cause bad outcomes. The question then becomes is, will you defend liberty or will you defend or will you attack the outcome? Hmm. That's, that's kind of that's a that's a question that arises for eons and eons and will will arise forever. And that's just the nature of things.
0: Yeah, liberty, not at the cost of the violation of the harm principle. It's so clear. I don't know why people find it so now, you uh, say uh,
1: harm principle, reason. I may say no, I don't think there's a harm the harm principle. your line is different, my line is different.
0: Well, it's very simple. I mean, uh, there is no line, then 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 to murder murder go bhi line mat na, that's not a good argument. It's very no, simple.
1: No, 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 no. I, I'm sorry. I, there I there I can have a so all I'm trying to say is that there is no objective line. The objective line comes from consensus only. Right? No, there from, is an objective line. You don't need a consensus. To to the concept of uh, group harm to, to the concept of it's a much more difficult line to draw. In certain circumstances, yes. Where you and I concur is the amount of things on which human experience has taught us there is only one direction to go to, one line to be drawn are immense. They are massive. But conceptually, you can go further.
0: I mean, it depends. Uh, uh, Group A, Muslim men, want group B, Muslim women to be suppressed. Both are groups. What are you going to do then?
1: Yeah, and you and me, let's say, are the our historic time travelers who are the voice of reason and of progressivism throughout, our voice would have set a very different standard in the 17th century, very different in the 15th century, very different in the 13th
0: century, even as progressives. Therefore, there is that subjectivity. Here. We, are, doesn't we are It doesn't mean just because you did not have good uh, good answers. See, this is all relativism. Just because you did not have good answers 100 years ago, it does not mean there are no good answers. I'm not, you always I'm not saying, have better answers.
1: No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying good answers. The meaning of it changes that's a, that's fine as well it's not static yeah,
0: you say new, you with new the information you, say, you improve it the doesn't confusion
1: you... Is when you say there is a defined objective standard let us not confuse it with being a
0: standard which is static it is not static obviously it can become better than this all right, all it right, doesn't mean there is no standard oh no 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 there's <laughs> always a standard there's always a clear yeah. that that's what i'm saying the 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 confusion relativists create is... Because you find a better standard than the previous standard, it means there are no standards. That's what the relativism.
1: No, no, that's see, see, that's that's really just saying nothing is anything, or anything is nothing. Exactly,
0: that's, that's what they do. No, no, that, that's, that's not a... an
1: argument of anything. That is just to say,
0: let's confuse everyone so that we can do what we want to do. That's all it is. There, there's nothing real there, in my. Yeah, and and in India, there are two sets of people who want this: the left wing progressives, the the Sharia Islamists our three groups, are, and the decolonialists in India. Three people want this. They're all I mediocre.
1: Think that, I think that may be true all over the world. I, I just love how the the guns are being trained on the decolonialists now. <laughs> this, this is a this is a group of people who have never like, this was never a part of the lexicon. Now, such an important part of the lexicon. you gotta
0: hit your, you got to tip your hat to uh, JSI Deepak for that. He's made but, a part of the lexicon. Well, good for him. I mean, I'm just calling his ideas out, not him out. Uh, anyway, I will now... So that, that larger point
1: having been made, right? Like the, the UCC was not capable of being passed earlier because these personal laws were placed above. And uh, many conflicts arose or many problems arose. UCC was, became a part of the political agenda. And became a very important part of the political agenda. That Nowhere else in the world. uh... So if you go deeper, right, these are aspects of consociationalism. In many countries, in many places at different points in time, multiple cultures have coexisted and have had different laws applied to them. And eventually what has happened is because having different laws creates different legal systems, it creates effectively a legal arbitrage. And I'll give you a random example of this legal arbitrage. In order to marry Hema Malani, Dharmendra had converted. So that he could have a second because he did not want to divorce his first wife, so that he could have a second. That's legal arbitrage, right? That creates ill will within communities eventually. Because what it does is it it really heightens certain negative elements to everybody's existence. So, in general, consociationalism or multiculturalism as an aspect of consociationalism slowly was best replaced. By uniform Uniformalization of certain aspects of laws, at least not to eliminate culture but to but uniform, uniformize certain aspects of law. And to that end, this particular act opens with the words <coughs> a bill to govern and regulate up to in act to an act to govern and regulate the laws relating to marriage and divorce, succession, live in relationships, and matters related thereto. So, these are your four areas. Marriage, divorce, succession, live-in relationships. And it's it's intriguing that live-in relationships find such a central place. We are talking about a state, Kushal, that does not have a single metropolitan city. It does not have a single cosmopolitan city. It has successful cities. I'm not saying it doesn't. But they are relatively tiny cities. You would not imagine that they are also so varied and so progressive. Suddenly the living relationships is such a focus and yet it is. It is enough for it to be a central theme of a legislation. In all of my contemplation of the UCC, I never thought that any legislative focus of this scale would be required to live in relationships. So we will explore that provision, that section, first attributing constitutionality, constitutional con- constitutional wisdom to the makers of the law, because they are lawmakers. Eventually they see more than you and I do. Let's be clear about this. Right. So why would they do it if they chose to do it? And then obviously we critique it to say why this is very bad and very wrong. And there are other provisions that are perhaps bad and wrong. But I can tell you this today from my side, uh, as a general exercise, this is a good exercise. It's a very good exercise. It's a very comprehensive exercise. I think it, it it completely avoids controversy by taking in and amalgamizing standards, as I was saying, that already existed in, pra- in other Indian laws, which makes it easier overall to digest. Nothing, not, very little that comes in that is new. But you create a body that sort of fits together and you create all of this law together. And you have chosen to go to only four of these topics. There are no other topics. And I'll be frank with you, I don't think you need more topics in the UCC. That's perhaps a discussion we can have. But those are the topics covered for now. Uh, it says it shall come into force on such date as the state government by notification in the Gazette point. I don't know if a date has been given as yet. I couldn't trace one out. So as of date, I don't think it's enforced. Even though it's been passed by Assembly, it has not been put into force as yet. The next clause is interesting. It extends to the whole of the state of Uttarakhand. And applies to the residents of Uttarakhand who resides outside the territories to which this code extends. This kind of resident of Uttarakhand who doesn't reside in Uttarakhand. Right? This kind of unhappy wording is sadly a part and parcel of this legislation. They are, my assumption is they are looking at domicile, concept of domicile. I may be an Uttarakhandi, who for purposes of work have to periodically go outside of the state. Right? But I still treat Uttarakhand as my state of permanent residence. I still treat Uttarakhand and my home as my permanent residence. And perhaps I keep coming back ever so often. I may conversely, I may be an Uttarakhandi who was born and raised in Uttarakhand, has perhaps family in Uttarakhand, has assets in Uttarakhand but has been living in say Delhi or Mumbai for years on end has also earned assets over there, established a firm life there. I may be married. I may have children. Those children may be going to school, etc. That may be my intention. Right? Those questions will have to be solved. To which of these does it apply? If I am somebody who may otherwise have assets in Uttarakhand and may have been born in Uttarakhand, but my intention to marry is outside. Why should I fit under this law? Why should I not fit under another state's law? Why should your UCC apply it to me and why should I comply? These questions will come up. So this is where it's a little bit tricky and they, this is a major criticism from me. They needed to define this clearer. They perhaps left it hodgepodge deliberately to try and take in as much in their sweep as they possibly could.
0: Yeah, basically, this bill has gone to the Law Commission now.
1: After being passed? It has. So, why won't it go to the Law Commission after suddenly has passed it, yeah?
0: You ask the people who have done that. I don't have no, any no, no, answer No, 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 that, that must
1: be prior. I mean, is there a news item you said? I didn't see this.
0: I heard a news clip which said it has gone to the Law Commission. No, no, no. no. I mean,
1: that, that's, that's an absurdity. You send a... This is no longer... Or let me check because this is something... The the other option here is this. Sorry, I'm just checking. Uh...
0: That's what I heard today. I don't know if it was a first post news clip or it was a CNN News 18 news clip. I was thinking... I was
1: hoping that then Uttarakhand would also be bicameral legislature, which means have both an assembly and a council, a legislative council, which most of our states have, but it does not have a bicameral legislature. There is no legislative Mm -hmm. council, which means on the passage of the law by the legislative assembly, it has been passed into law. Yes, there is a provision that says it will come into force when you say so. So you could leave this in suspended animation for, I don't know, for whatever his purpose is. But let's say the uh, the law commission comes back and says, change 18 things here. You have a 400 section law. Yeah? Change 18, 19, 20 things here. Hmm. You can't just simply rewrite them now. Now you will have to go back to the amended um, amendment procedure into the assembly again. So if the idea was
0: to go to the law commission, why don't you do that before you table it before the legislative assembly? <laughs> See, these are golden questions that you should not ask Indian politicians.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a purpose there. I, I don't, I'm, I'm quite surprised at what you say. I hadn't seen this anywhere.
0: I, I'll, I'll find that this clip. Yeah. And, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. It. and it should be a credible
1: sort of organization that says it. Because I find that very hard to believe. I find that it's really, it's like attaching the cart before
0: defi- the horse. Define credible organization in India.
1: <laughs> anyway, so there is now in section three a definition section, which. Uh, i want to read out just a few important definitions and uh, one of these see there's, there there are late night conversations that you me abhijit etc have which really can't be aired on podcasts right a part of that i mean they could be, be they could be but then there'll be you know there'll be trouble so the, the, a part of that used to be about marriages in the subcontinent relating to degrees of prohibited relationship all that shit is going to go now anyway so the custom and usage is defined. Custom and usage signify any rule which, having been continuously and uniformly observed for a long time, and has obtained the force of law among persons in any local area, tribe, or community. Very good. The English isn't great. There, there are grammatical errors everywhere, but it's Uttarakhand.
0: It's all right. Sorry, <laughs> I'm uh, but
1: Literally, one of those cases of you know So anyway, this is how they define it. So they are in certain relationships preserving custom and usage. That's why I read that definition. The next def- definition is degree is a prohibited relationship. A man and any of the persons mentioned in list one of schedule one, and a woman and any of the persons mentioned in list two of schedule of the said schedule are within the degrees of prohibited relationship. that's those, those relationships are listed, but essentially, stop messing around with your cousins, okay? Those days are done. Uh, relationship includes relationship by half or uterine blood, as by full blood, adoption, surrogacy, or assisted reproductive technology, legitimate blood relationship, as well as illegitimate, and all terms... Re- and all terms of relationship in this court shall be construed accordingly. So, effectively, if they are roped into your family in some way, the blood barrier is not the only determinant. Achha, an, adoptive, uh, an adoptive brother or an adoptive sister is also... So, you know, they're really taking care of a lot of the shit that people watch. On the uh,
0: before somebody accuses me, I did find the segment uh, about the law commission bit. So, just give me just 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Anand you can hear it. ...has come in for quite a bit of criticism, with many claiming it isn't as uniform as the state government is projecting it to be. One big criticism is that registration of a live-in relationship attacks the right to privacy. Quite a few aspects of the bill remain unclear and experts doubt its constitutional validity. The Law Commission is reviewing the code.
1: There you go. The Law Commission is reviewing the code is up to the Law Commission's choice. How is well, the Law is... Commission
0: reviewing the code? Law Commission Are or yaar, not? This is CNBC. It is as credible as it gets. CNBC. Are you, but, CNBC.
1: It's one space sentence at the end.
0: They have said it. What do you want me to do? Okay. I,
1: anyway, immaterial. I'm not worried about this. I just wanted to read this definition because I found it amusing. This takes care of all of your porn hub fantasies in totality.
3: Because
1: (laughs) what it says is relationship by half-blood or uterine blood as well as by full-blood, adoption, surrogacy, or assisted reproductive technology. All those step-sibling porn videos are dead for you from now onwards. All of it is gone. They're all within uh, uh, degrees of prohibited relationship. Full-blood are two persons said to be related to each other by full-blood when they are descended from a common ancestor by the same wife. That means daddy same, mommy same. Uh, Half-blood is when uh, daddy same, mommy different. And uterine blood is when daddy different and mommy same. same. Right? All of these are covered by uh, prohibited relationships. And this is very similar to the concept of the Sapinda and to the concept of prohibited relationships that you find often arises in honor killings in North India. Right? Mm -hmm. Where where various communities are very, very careful in preserving that blood barrier. Right? And perhaps a very healthy genetic practice, a very, very healthy practice that ensures that you don't end up with uh, uh, various congenital diseases that arise from marrying to within within persons who are too closely related to each other. And that happens, by the way, a lot within the subcontinent. I mean, the, the numbers of cousin marriages are actually quite stunning all across... Uh, the country, but in certain regions, of course, much higher. And Pakistan, to of course, different level altogether. If those polls, etc., the map that I've seen often on Twitter is to be believed. Mm. Right, and these are the definitions that I wanted to just bring um, to your note to your notice. But I will go a step further and show you. Uh, they've they played the they've played the uh, pronoun game but they've played it like boomers. So, parent means father or mother of a child. Person means an individual, whether female or male. So, firstly, that's a problem by itself. Only a female or a male. And the expressions, she or he, her or his, her or him, and himself, herself or himself shall be construed accordingly. Man, there's no they, themselves, nothing here right mm. that is a Boki criticism that we <laughs> this is very interesting they've defined maintenance i'm just putting these definitions out there because i'll show you how this gets used later maintenance includes provision for food clothing residence education main- medical medical attendance and treatment and special needs if any and now most importantly parties to the marriage means a man and a woman between whom the marriage has been solemnized or contracted. Okay, so gender binary definition. Uh, And like I said, this was the first comprehensive topical legislation post the gay rights judgment, and it has refused so far to follow the larger legislative policy that the Supreme Court wanted to see. It hasn't complied with that. It hasn't tried to go down that path. Again, live in relationship. Uh, part
0: three of the quote, quite a strong part of the quote. I mean and honestly, I it is disgusting. I, I read that bit. We'll go through twice. it. We'll go through it. Live in relationship means the
1: relationship between a man and a woman. Again, man and a woman.
0: I have to I have who to cohabit in a, in a shared household
1: through a relationship in the nature of marriage. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a very WhatsApp the way of saying you're up to stuff.
0: I yeah. uh, but the living relationship coup are already uh, government regulated living relationship <laughs> seriously this is the best Instagram thing I've seen in the tire in a while
1: there's a statement of living relationship it means a jointly signed statement to the effect <laughs> that a man and a woman are in a living relationship or they tend to enter into such a relationship what is <laughs> <laughs> <or laughs> he guys <stands laughs> on <laughs> <laughs> Who makes these laws, <laughs> man? Yeah, the killer thing. People have difficulty projecting this on their social media platforms. These guys want it in a memorandum and a form to the government. It's just so funny. I can't begin to
0: explain it. <laughs> hey, good, hey, good. It is so stupid that I have to show you something of Instagram. But, this Instagram so of this. <laughs> das- this Instagram handle is... This Instagram handle is Dasoham. So this. I have a commitment right now. Let's get to know each other better. Smart, smart. living in a A Yeah, a idea. It's a new rule that you a living. You living. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, have don't full harassment. And what if I want to dump him someday? Your decision. dump a Madam dump जाना क्या लिव में मेंटेनेंस हां बेटा तूने लिव में जाकर लीगल कमिटमेंट कर दिया यहां पे पर हम लोग लिव में हैं शादी का कमिटमेंट नहीं है इसमें क्या मेंटेनेंस भाई हां सो सैड एक सेकंड अगर हम लोग सिर्फ रूममेट्स हुए तो वो लॉजिक ला रहा है हेलो सारे लड़के लड़कियों के रूम में कैमरा लगाओ
1: no more means no. in a serious podcast okay i'm going to read this again
0: no more means <laughs> this had to be done especially after you read that hilarious bit it
1: means a jointly signed statement to the effect that a man and a woman are in a living relationship <laughs> or intend or intend to enter into a living relationship Oh, do these people not realize how fickle human beings are nowadays? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, <didn't> know. Mean, <laughs> <but> <laughs> you know, you, you read this stuff and you think, thank God, Kafka and people like that existed. <laughs> it's just, if they warned us about the ADC, that was coming. Imagine writing a memorandum to some bloody palm-chewing, you know, IS officer sitting over there handing it over to him saying, yeah, We want to be in a living relationship. Martin Bada, have to retract have to
0: This will create a whole new category of license and agents and working outside government office. Then you like, can see the
1: rent seeking that will start. And it's, it's worse, actually. It's worse because where this kind of rent seeking starts, right? The first thing that starts is scrutiny. The first thing that yeah. starts is yeah. uh, a violation of privacy. Because if you if the law says you have to be registered and you're living together, someone who is otherwise normally breaching your privacy by trying to enter upon your home and to figure out whether you're in a living relationship or not is actually justified by the law because he's saying I'm discovering a breach
0: of the law. All the incels will support this law. They'll <laughs> Mushal, just remind me, when
1: we end the podcast, I want to come back and read this definition again. Because this should be the punchline <laughs> of this podcast.
0: When <laughs> <laughs> I read this, agreed- mimics, I sent you a message on WhatsApp. What's
1: this? I read this I was like, let's give a legal analysis. I don't have legal analysis. So the, the concomitant to a statement of a live-in relationship is a statement of termination means a signed statement by any or both partners to an existing live-in relationship that such relationship has been terminated. But here's the killer. By any or both partners. Five that, he was angry, he was terminated. After that, he back together again. Ye kya hai? what is this? What is
0: this, This is so Indian. Indian. This is so Indian government. Oh my God. <laughs> You know, it's it's not
1: even like we'll we'll get to arguments of privacy. We'll get to arguments of what I think is actually quite an insidious design to all of this, right? We yeah, get yeah. To all of that. But first I can't get past the, hilarity, the stupidity of all of this. Yeah, what are you up to? You remember you know, we did a this is evil. we we did a podcast on the UP conversion bill. And really all we did through that podcast was I'm gonna read this bloody thing out and we're gonna laugh together at it, right? Like it's the madness of it. This is the bit in this where I'm just like, let's just read this and laugh. <laughs> it's stupid. It's madness. It's crazy. But also what our is,
0: only you and I are going to do something like this because nobody in India is going to read this shit for the average Indian.
1: Oh man. Conditions for marriage. A marriage may be solemnized or contracted. Now I wanted to I wanted to tell you about this. It's it's an important usage of both words. Solemnized or contracted implies immediately that it is applying to every kind of marriage known in India. If you open the Hindu Marriage Act, it will only use the word solemnized. If you open Muslim laws or Christian laws, they will only use the word contracted. So this uses both solemnized and contracted with the intention that it applies to absolutely everybody. First, if the following conditions are fulfilled, so your following conditions must be fulfilled for you to marry and condition number one very innocently placed over there, but you will see it has a profound effect. Neither party has a spouse living at the time of marriage. So bigamy and polygamy are gone. Hmm. I just. The,
0: want to section se clear the first page itself clarifies that. Yeah, but I want to read in contrast section two, application of
1: act of the Hindu marriage act. The act applies to any person who is a Hindu by religion. Hmm. This kind of clause is missing, which means applies to everybody. Yeah. The exclusion in the clause, in fact, was not even an exclusion. It was an inclusion, which is saying we want this act to travel even beyond the borders of Uttarakhand to anybody who may be a permanent resident of Uttarakhand. Achha, they haven't put a cut off. Right, so they what they may be looking at is that we have a lot of temporary labour, a lot of temporary people who move out to work and then keep coming back, and they want the act to apply to those people for sure, because they will feel that the effects of their marriage are felt within the state as well. I think that might yeah. be the larger reasoning. But to those who are Uttarakhandi by by birth and who have uh, property in Uttarakhand, but who have otherwise domiciled themselves in other states, they to them perhaps the act will not apply. But even there, it is very possible the woman in those marriages will dis- will say please apply this law to me. Right? And the man will say no, you will have to apply the local law in which the marriages occur. I just wanted to show that this is the distinction that comes. And uh, In conditions for a Hindu marriage, a marriage may be solemnized between any two Hindus. So, solemnized is a concept purely. So, it doesn't solemnize and contracted. Now, you got, get solemnized and contracted applies to everyone. Uh, so, the first is neither neither party is a spouse living bigamy and polygamy are gone. <clears throat> one of the clauses is the marriage. A man has completed the age of twenty one years, and the woman has the age of eighteen years. The parties are not within the degrees of prohibited relationship. That's our hub clause. That none of your none of that shit's gonna apply to you anymore. Uh, provided that uh unless the custom or usage governing one of them permits marriage between the two, provided that such customs and usage are not against public policy and morality, that proviso is actually your exact point you were making about objective morality. Right? Public policy and uh morality will then become defined in the context of various certain practices that you keep bringing before the court. Right. But I want to focus on this. The man is completely the age of 21 years and the woman, the age of 18 years. This is actually quite interesting because there is a prevailing problem pending before the Supreme court of a conflict between Sharia law and the POCSO, that is the, uh, the child sex uh, abuse legislation. Right. In certain high courts, particularly Punjab and Delhi, underage marriages of Muslim girls have been accepted as valid as because they were valid under the Sharia. In certain cases where initial FIRs are filed on the ground of rape and the victim is underage, marriages have been contracted and have been, and the case has then been quashed and accepted on the ground that the Marriage is valid under the Sharia. That ground, of course, does not exist for any other religion. Right? So, this is a very concrete problem of Sharia versus the Poxo. Right? One of the walkarounds was we are about to get married. That is now dead with this by the age requirement. But you will see that some there is a minor scope of leniency, but Let's be clear. Merely because the law says you must be 21 and 18. If you are younger and you marry and no one complains, that's the end of that. You don't get yourself registered like they say, please humko de do, or register karvalo. No, that 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 yachika and that registration is not merely for live-in relationships. There is an extremely comprehensive provision for uh, registration of marriages, which is the most dystopian shit ever because they say in section number one of that entire provision that it is mandatory to have your marriages registered. And in the last section of that part, they say, but even if you don't get it registered, doesn't mean that your marriage is not valid. Right? So, so you don't know where
0: you're <laughs> That's something I was, wanted to ask you when I was reading this whole thing. It's not as if I can turn around and say, this makes sense in some way. It doesn't make
1: sense. No, Culture karne ke li, a culture create A culture create registrations. Right? because of section 5, which is the next section I'm going to read. And what they have tried to do here is let's not intrude too far into certain spaces. Ceremonies for marriage. Marriage may be solemnized or contracted between a man and a woman in accordance with the religious beliefs, practices, customary rights, and ceremonies, including but not limited to Saptapadi, Ashirwar. Nikah, Holy Union, Anand Karaj, under the Anand Marriage Act, as well as under but not limited to the Special Marriage Act and R.A. Marriage Validation Act, whatever, you can still do your ceremonies. But what used to occur earlier under, under personal law was the ceremony was the starting point from which so many other rights and liabilities originate. Right. So the Nikah Nama, for example, is a contractual document. It would determine the extent of maintenance you can receive, the extent of your uh, your financial rights, so on, so on and so forth. That's all going to go away now. Under Hindu law, the solemnization of a marriage made sure that A, you could a, never be divorced. At one time, you could never be divorced. That uh, you know your rights and liabilities flowed thereafter from there. That's all gone now. Now they all come from here. This is what we as lawyers call I'll come to a larger legal principle. At, at one point in time, the argument used to be, and I thought this was entirely not misconceived, but not conceived or conceived without looking at the larger point, which is that, oh, if I have a personal law, will that prevail over fundamental right? That's the question as I was saying, that's a, in Narasu uh, Appa Mali. But let's go a step further. Now we are in another domain, which is, where parliament has occupied or legislature has occupied the field, then it doesn't matter whether your custom or usage is good or bad, it cannot occupy the same field anymore. Where it is permitted to occupy a field, parliament itself has given you that scope, which is section five. But because they do this then what you have said is because you have accepted customary rights and ceremonies, religious beliefs and practices. Now, what is that customary right? If you do the Saptapadi in Hinduism, from that instant, you are married. If you are married in that instant, then you cannot have both Section 5 existing here and a section that says that if you don't register, you are not married. The way otherwise to do it is to say, please follow your ceremonies. But your ceremonies will not will not make you married until there is a registration. So the moment at which a marriage occurs, let that priest or whoever it is be responsible for your registration as well. And you empower accordingly, whatever system you want to set up. And now you have so many electronic systems. And in fact, this act is very good in that way. It says all, all these yachikas that you have to give for your statuses, right? You can give them electronically.
0: Very <laughs> Lord, uh, sir, dating. Do baad, sir, break up. No, no, <laughs> so, but literally
1: you're sitting there going like Stress. Stressful. But look, I'll living or not? Going to going to Literally, you're sitting there going like that. i like, i it is so
0: anyway, wonderful.
1: Now, uh, again, they, they require a registration of marriages. They already had a rule for registration of marriages. And I want to provide some context here. In the, There is no other state where I have seen this kind of outcry. And the outcry I'm talking about is, there has been any, if reports are to be believed, if you, if you look at the local uh, politics, and if you look at a lot, lot of the reports locally, a seismic demographic change, religion-wise in a very short span of time. And my suspicion is a lot of it was motivated or driven by the Muzaffar riots because displacement happened in those districts in Shamli and in Muzaffar Nagar and in Meret, etc. There's been a lot of movement to the immediately close by districts and out of UP, right? Because UP then suddenly felt perhaps uncomfortable. So immediately registration of marriages was started because that's the first step that you can take in a state to see who is getting married to whom, what are these changes that are happening, how is, is there a particular shift that's happening, right? And more importantly, if the registration procedure is successful and comprehensive, then the real advantage, the, the big advantage to the normal citizen is that fraudulent marriages get caught. Because if you remember the love jihad cases that used to be brought out, a lot of them used to be that a assumed identity is taken, and then later the assumed, once the, once the complete buy-in has happened, whether by way of being completely in love or being impregnated or some kind of life having been set up, then the revelation is made. And in fact, no, this was an assumed identity and there's a prior marriage. But the marriage with you is also legal because you are, uh, because I belong to a culture in which this, this marriage can be permitted. All that anyway is gone. You can't have any cultures in which bigamy is permitted under this act but registration had that purpose and that is the real definition real real intent even behind limen but you know they sort of they, they stepped the gun they they, they come they, they've come a little bit too far into the domain of the private <laughs> anyway so quite a so even a decree of divorce or nullity of marriage passed after the commencement of this court by any court in the state shall be registered in accordance with the provisions required and these provisions, they have a, they have a phrase, a, common, a commonly used one, which is a clause. Deliver it electronically or otherwise within a period of 60 days from the date of marriage. So you can electronically deliver it. That means they must be setting up some serious databases for marriages, right? And from this emerges something important. They also require, just going to cover this quickly, a <clears throat> registration of divorce decrees. All of this in other laws used to be a purely private domain issue. My divorce decree is of no significance to anything or anyone in a generality, in a vacuum. My divorce decree only matters to you if a question in relation to it arises. For example, if I'm getting remarried and a question is raised as to my competence to marriage, my divorce decree is of importance. If a question is being raised as to my responsibilities or liabilities qua a particular individual, another individual who has been a spouse, then my divorce decree is of consequence. But a divorce decree is not of consequence in generality. And it was never deemed to be, there is a difference between an in personum right and an in rem right, or an in personum declaration and an in rem declaration. Right? A divorce decree is actually a decree a, a declaration in personum that is to the individual i am divorcing you of course there's a public presentation of it if i so choose right how do we get publicly presented because we simply stop living to living with each other and then you tell people but there was no obligation that i have to go make a declaration now there's that obli- effectively an obligation why do i say that that obligation and you are caught in that trap because there is a very interesting section, which is Section 15, and this is a very dangerous section. Registered to be open for public inspection, the registers of marriage and divorces, the registers of appeals, and such other registers as may be prescribed, which are maintained under this part, shall at all reasonable times be open for inspection by any person. And certified extracts therefrom shall on an application be issued by such officer as may be authorized by the sub-registrar or the registrar concerned or the registrar general of the case may be on payment of the prescribed and in the prescribed manner. I can be anybody in the world. I can go up to the registrar's office and try and take your uh, record. On the positive side, yes, it has, It has. the purpose appears to be to prevent fraudulent marriages of, with people who have otherwise contracted marriages. But that number is actually very small, if you think of it. I have done a case of a fraudster, serial fraudster, who used to basically get married everywhere he could run to and fleece money from the wife and then run away without giving a divorce, without giving anything. Eventually got caught. He he started off uh, in the northernmost part of the country, wanted to make his way down, but got caught in MP and got finished and, and went to jail there. Never managed to make it all the way down south. Right? But those cases are rare. What is much more frequent is the militarization of certain sections of society against certain kinds of unions and certain kinds of marriages. Mm. In relation to which they may or may not have had information in the past, but today they will have information. Openly, they will have information by sanction of this particular section. So I asked myself this question. Was this... Was this Prompted by this massive change in demography in Uttarakhand. And is the state surreptitiously essentially saying we want to be able to dissuade as slightly as we possibly can. Unions which will cause a further change in demography. You know exactly what I'm referring Mm to. Particularly effectively saying where there will be a marriage between a Hindu male and a a Muslim male and a Hindu female. That will be in the registers. Now, nobody can go and challenge that marriage. But my God, you can create harassment like there's no tomorrow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can create that harassment from the start. And that is exactly what you can do with a live-in relationship as well. Because these live-in relationships had become the vehicle for this purpose. I kept asking myself, I can understand Delhi having a law on live-in relationships. I can understand Mumbai having a law on live-in
0: relationships. Why Uttarakhand?
1: Because, yes, I'm not saying there are no live-in relationships in Uttarakhand, but it's a much smaller number or ought to be believably a much smaller number.
0: See, the problem with policy making in most cases is... They no, no, look the look problem the with policy partner. making
1: in this case is dual, Kushal. It's dual. One is they can't handle the sexual revolution. There is a... There is a As, as with every kind of cultural revolution in India, it's a slow thing that just happens. Mm-hmm. seamlessly so, so sexuality amongst the youth is rising constantly, right, in India. And and Mm. the number of partners that you are with is also rising over a period of time. That they can't handle on the one side. And they want to try and find some way to stop you. And they have perhaps realized that, okay, for this proliferation, what people do is they go tend to live with people for four months, five months, six months, and then move on. Mm. Right? Now, I become a person who does this, say, five, six, seven times in my life, in my 20s. And then I want to get married in my 30s. Mm. Right? My spouse's family can go check a register and see of this person has had six, seven li- uh, live-in relationship uh, you know, those statements <laughs> and termination statements added, handed in. Mm-hmm. So it is dissuasive. It is a it is a, it is a way of information uh, creation, which is otherwise personal information to be exchanged between families and between individuals. Now, the counterpoint to this is such information is often hidden, hidden and found to be of relevance by people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So this is a very difficult area to me, it is not a difficult area. I think these are egregious provisions. I think this should be done at an individual level. And I think then therefore, there should not be as much of a stigma to divorce. that if you find out, if you've been defrauded, you should be allowed to divorce easier. The thing that they have done with the divorce provisions, I'll show as I move forward, is again, they have not gone that one extra step that the Supreme Court has constantly been saying all our divorce laws need to have, which is irretrievable breakdown of marriage, which will effectively mean I don't need to give a cause other than to say we just can't Right, so they again this, they haven't done that in the side. And had they been able such, to do that, then I
0: mean, all this becomes unnecessary. This is such an Indian uncle move, this whole live-in relationship at all. Indian are yaar, Indians are obsessed with marriage. Shadi Karo. In force karo shadi karne ko. Oh, no. See, there is
1: India is very intriguing that way. Having lived for periods of time in the West so as I... India is a country in which you cannot come and say that there is a lack of modernity, of any kind of modernity. You cannot also say that there is a ubiquitousness of modernity. No. Correct? But there is no lack. And when I say there is no lack, because the population is so big, whatever be your lifestyle, whatever be your choices, you will find your corner. Mm. Forget about in the country. I'm saying in cities as big as Delhi, Bombay, you'll, you'll find work corner for anything and everything. You'll find it because those cities are also so big at right? 20 million, 30 million people we're talking about. Hmm. Right. That's the point of discomfort. So, so this is a law that sort of does that balance, right? There's a lot of progressivism in this law. And then there's a lot. there's a little bit of this conservatism. And that conservatism is a very dangerous thing. So we want to know who's marrying whom all the time. Hmm. Besides, of course, the fact that, like I said, this is the first legislature that had occasion, they didn't want to touch the gay marriage issue.
0: Yeah, that's very clear. They, this is all heterosexuals. That's all they're, they're no, concerned about. Okay. The law is crystal clear on
1: that count. What yeah. I'm saying, because this law is passed, is the first comprehensive law passed after the judgment, there was occasion
0: for them to do so.
1: Well, they didn't want to they, touch it. They didn't want to. They don't In fact, want they, to have touch it. Touched it. they have touched it by negating it altogether.
0: Yeah, they've just ignored it, right?
1: No, no, no. no. If you've ignored it, you have denied it. You have to grant it, right? So you've denied it, actively denied it. Uh, so if an extract of this sort is issued to the open public register, right? You can totally imagine, let's, let's put it both ways. Yeah, let's put it both ways. Bajrang Milan land up. They have proof from a register, hmm. right? That proof, that extract that they get, which they now legally get, is also admissible as evidence. Hmm. They will use this. I have no doubt to harass and intimidate. It could take be the, used by anyone. It could take be. Used by... out. I'm taking, take, the, take the other side. Highjans will land up. Same, same. And inevitably, the control is exercised on the woman. Yeah, basically, it's uh, it's all about controlling women. That's all. It's womb that's control. the it's womb control at
0: the end. Yeah. At the end. That's yeah, all it is. it is, and it's disgusting, and, it, and that's what this enables. Yeah, exactly, it does. Which is why that live-in relationship part three oh, is the most egregious. Data.
1: I'm saying something else right now. See, they could even make that this act, this section right now. I read it very carefully. Immediately does not make the live-in live-in registered open. Okay, but there is a power to make it open. They could, but certainly in the marriage in the marriage register is open. Hmm. TK, if the register is open, I've registered my marriage, then that should mean that your state recognizes my marriage, accepts my marriage. So tomorrow, if somebody goes and takes an extract of my marriage and has proof of it and is bothered by my marriage, are you going to come and protect me or not? Because the truth is this, your registration procedure, your act's procedure for opening up that register and and revealing personal aspects of my life is what has put my life into more threat. It could just be a personal animosity between families. You never know.
0: Yeah. Which is why this this, this particular bit is completely undesirable, in my opinion. Yeah, it absolutely is undesirable. Absolutely is undesirable. They could easily have the law without this provision. I don't know why they're
1: obsessed. No, but see, you, you can have a provision that says register your marriages. Yeah. Open inspection, you should not have. You should yes. not have. Anything, the idea of registering a marriage, of a marriage per se, forget about registering it. Of end, also, You and I are married men, right? For a long time, at least I was not married. I got married in my 30s, my early and mid 30s. Mid 30s, actually. I was, It was a conscious choice to not, right? Because it is a Rubicon that you cross. You know you cross this Rubicon. Because this is a known and traditional Rubicon. When you cross it, things change. There are expectations of you that travel far beyond the law. The law will have some reasons to say that, okay, you can't desert, you can't be adulterous, you can't be cruel, you can't... That's fine. But there's more. Societally, there's even much more. You have to be nurturing. You have to be together. There's so many things that come with, with marriage. You cross that Rubicon and that changes everything. They have effectively, the live-in relationship has been brought into that pale. They have tried to give the color of marriage to a live-in relationship. What used to be otherwise, the old clause of in the relationship in the nature of marriage, they've said, we'll take this so seriously in the nature of marriage. Now, we're going to make it seem like a marriage.
0: Yeah, you all be But yes. But let's be clear consciously people choose the difference between live-in and marriage. Yeah, because they're not sure.
1: <clears throat> and you have the right to not. be.
0: Yeah. then the state right. has no
1: right and to tell me I have to be sure. sure. It's not even about being not sure. To perhaps your own detriment, you choose a greater flexibility. Yes. I can walk, the... away. He can walk away, she can walk away. And who the hell is the state to tell me that? Who the hell is the state? Well, you asked this question, right? This question must have been asked the first time in human history, a marriage was asked to be registered. Hmm. Who the fuck are you guys? I'm marrying a woman. My client and her clan are clear. Who the heck are you? What are you here for? So what does the state come up with? I'm giving you rights because of your marriage. So I need to know. I'm giving you tax benefits. I'm giving you automatic succession to each other's property as the first heir. Right? Yeah, but that's the in the case I of this concept
0: of marriage. Nah, but what about live-in relationship? That's so what I'm trying to get at.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. So the question you asked was, who the hell heck is the state? I'm trying to say, even then, because the, no, the notion was different, the question must have been asked the very first time this happened. Like you, yeah? Why are you getting involved in registering anything? We must know marriages, births, deaths, etc. Alright, births and deaths, I get. Eh? Why do you need marriages? Mm. Anyway, uh, there is a concept of void marriages that's already covered. I'd shown you what void marriages are. Avoidable marriages uh, has a very interesting clause. And again, I have a feeling this is obtained from this change of uh, demography. Uh, where, where in 241C it says that the consent of the petitioner was obtained by force, coercion, of fraud. Right, and the fraud could be that I am not uh, that I have I have fraudulently displayed my religion to you. Right <laughs> now. Divorce has one very interesting clause. Section 25 has one very interesting clause. Twenty-five sub-clause 4 says, Any marriage may be dissolved by a decree of divorce on the ground that the other party has converted to another religion to which the petitioner belonged. Again, language is just totally crazy. I don't understand. Converted to another religion to which the petitioner belonged, I think what they're trying to say is, Converted to a religion to which the petitioner does not anymore belong, right? Because you've, you've married, you've, you've converted out of the petitioner's religion. But that's not the point. The point is you've converted out of a religion to what but the petitioner knew of you originally. So, language, though, is a little, I, I don't even know. I Can you just, if this is a simple exercise of this is supposed to be plain English. What does this plain English mean to you? Converted to another religion to which the petitioner belongs. Petitioner is the person
0: seeking divorce. So, the same religion. What's the difference? Kya hua? Converted to another religion to which the petitioner belongs. The sentence really makes sense. This is the spelling mistake. I think this must be a typo or something. <laughs> That's not a typo. It's not a typo.
1: It's, it's the kind of shit for which our teachers in school used to come and hit you on the fucking head with a thick red and martin man. Like, what is this written? I'm going to it. Now we go it. But you know, the intention is if you convert post marriage, then there is a ground for, and you, and you, and effectively, you're converting out of the religion of your spouse, then there is a ground for uh, divorce. Why this has to be a ground for divorce? And this is, I have never seen this ground for divorce. Okay, it was introduced in the Hindu Marriage Act at some point in time, I think. I'm not mistaken. I'm
0: just taking a quick check on that. It's, it's actually fascinating how government servants, I, I I actually want to get into their head when they write this. Look, I am in principle, I am in support of this uh, Uttarakhand Uniform Civil Code, But yeah, there could be amendments to the law, like a few things here and there. And I'm sure this law will be amended in the long run. But uh, in principle, I completely support the idea of every citizen being covered under it. And eventually, even scheduled tribes should be. I I get why they're uh, going at a slower pace with the scheduled tribes. But uh, eventually, they should also come under it. But it's very interesting. And I think this is like a feeler because Abhi... Gujarat mein hoga, aur bhi states mein hoga, and then everything will go to the Supreme Court. Okay. Then... I mean,
1: look, overall the law works and some of these things are very bad. What can we do? We'll, we'll keep
0: it yeah, but me. overall, see, it's like 90% of the law makes sense. The 10% yeah, yeah but, but,
1: but 90% is not enough, for sure. At the end of the day, if you're wrong, you're wrong to 10%, you're wrong to the whole because what you do is the things to which you are wrong, they are extremely active things, right? living relationships are active things. Registrations are active things. Conversions. This is coming from Hindu law, 30, like I suspected. 13, one uh, two has ceased to be a Hindu by conversion to another religion. But that is because under Hindu law, only two Hindus could get married together. Right? So under Hindu law, only two Hindus get married. If you convert out, then this is no longer a Hindu marriage in the classical sense of your Shastras. That is why you had the ground for divorce. This is within a different intent. It is not the same intent as the Hindu marriage act. And that is why I am saying some of the provisions in this seem to be driven by that demographic change. Hmm. Very important. Section 27. This has been a grouse for a lot of people. All religions now get divorced by mutual consent.
0: Brilliant. Right? Brilliant. Especially empowering for Muslim women and Christian women. People don't realize how they are screwed over. Then, uh, Boss of Muslim women and that child marriage age, because they have age of marriage 18 for all women in the state. You know how many Muslim girls will be saved now in that state? It's freaking brilliant.
1: Uh Some various obvious stuff. I don't want to get into all of that. I and mean, then you can come into that. Yes, uh, they So, this is interesting. What Shah Bhano's judgment wanted to do, they have effectively now done. Hmm. When any proceeding, it appears in the court of the, either the wife or the husband or in case a man having more than one wife prior to the commencement of this court, each of the wives has no independent income sufficient for his or her support and the necessary expenses of the proceeding. It may on an application of the wife or the husband order the respondent to pay the applicant during the pendency of the proceedings, the expenses of the proceeding and, month, and such monthly sum as having regard to the applicant's own income and the income of the respondent, it may seem to the court to be just and reasonable. There is a maintenance provision. And let me tell you this, as a as a thumb rule in Delhi, etc., Delhi High Court, generally, they I am assuming, because are, there is always huge economic disparity, though in many cases in the urban setup, that is no longer the case. There are so many cases I will show you now where the wife has more assets, earns much more than the husband. Right, but in generality what used to happen was the asset base was entirely that of the husband, the income was entirely that of the husband, the wife had nothing absent the husband. In the absence of children, the thumb rule is 25% of your uh, Mm. income goes to the wife. Then there is a concept of permanent alimony and maintenance. All of this effectively is massive because it uh, overrides So many things in all kinds Mm. of legal codes. Of course, for Hindus, it had already been over it. Yeah. yeah. Right. We have done awful things like literally saying if you're a widow or if, or if you've been divorced, here the home for you on the banks of the Ganga. Your life is finished. Sit here for life. No rights, nothing. Or you sit at home. Your rights are essentially just to be allowed to exist. That's all. Nothing more. Yeah.
0: Well, I've heard, heard people tell me on phone calls. That uh, why should women get alimony if now they have inheritance? They should not get both.
1: So you'll die, you get inheritance. What mean? I divorced, I don't get maintenance. Why? Because either will get or you'll get Then you get inheritance. get a lot of people. are
0: And these are people who have
1: conceptual problems. Inheritance does not come to you till the death of the person concerned, right? So what I'm trying to say is that if this person's argument is maintenance should not be given because this person will receive inheritance, but when? So what you're saying is there must be concomitant actions. The moment a divorce happens bloody well, make sure somebody from whom I'm supposed to receive inheritance also dies. Huh. This is as dystopian as this bloody goddamn act in, in parts.
0: Anyway, so
1: the permanent alimony and maintenance concept has come through for all. Uh, but I had read to you the definition of maintenance, what it covers. So it is not actually a definition that says, please forget the idea because this is, too many people watch Ali McBeal and all these American legal shows that there is a 50% concept in Indian law. There has never been a fifty percent concept
0: never in India. Never
1: been. There is not even a common marital property concept in India. Yeah. Okay. In Indian law, you can go so far as to say that okay, there is a house that is owned in jointly in the name of the husband and the wife. But if the husband can prove that he made the entirety of the payments, the wife does not have a fifty percent right to that to that property. Anymore. Okay. But much worse rules used to exist for maintenance. They are. Gone, and there's an important proviso to that provided that the mahar, dowers, tridhan, or any other property presented to the wife shall be in addition to her claim for maintenance. So, not as if you're where you had traditional claims, those two are definitely even, those are still secure. But over and above that, you have new
0: sets of rights that you did not prior have. Mm-hmm. Again, Hindu uh, women did far better rights than uh, Muslim women. That's over, that's
1: over time. time, that's over time yeah. because you see, we say Hindu women did. Because parliament basically occupied the field. Yeah. Not that Hindu customary law changed to that. Or to that e- parliament parliament said, in the label of calling in Hindu, we are going to modernize your laws.
0: Yeah. And 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 if the uh, complaint from certain sections of the Muslim society is, this is a Hindu law in totality. I don't care. It's better. Tumko no, no, padaya. no.
1: It's not. A, because, uh, but,
0: but that would be a wrong uh, critique. Obviously, it's, it's wrong. Because
1: the Hindu law is not Hindu at all anymore.
0: Yeah, it's a modern secular law, yeah. basically. Yeah. Achha, I had, I'm going to go to the living
1: thing, but I want to come to the succession rights at some point. I want to come back to them mm-hmm. because the succession rights now, they are effectively Indian Succession Act and Hindu Succession Act rights. What they do is create, the, uh, we'll just very quickly cover it. They just effectively create the concept of layered classes of heirs. Hmm. Your class one as are the people that, the, that that this system of inheritance that has worked very well qua Hindus for a long time, regard as the people closest to you and who must receive your property. Please be mindful of the fact that this is only property in relation to which you have not made a will. And it is self-acquired. We, while I have said HUF, etc., is all gone now. Partitions have to occur at the death of the uh, of the male descendant. But there is still a lot of remnant left over. So those are still being dealt with. Over time, that will all disappear. Even the remnants will disappear. And HUF is effectively today only a tax saving device. A tax saving device can come back and bite you hard because hmm. you then create common co- common rights where you don't want to create perhaps common rights. And you only went out to create a tax saving device for your personally earned income, but you gave it the character of a common income. And that will create problems for you in other respects, right? That's a different matter. What I was getting at was those classes of heirs are created. This now applies to everyone. And most importantly, when you receive by way of inheritance, you receive with absolute rights. In certain legal systems, when you used to receive as a daughter in particular, The father's brother used to also have a right on the property. And in fact, used to have the controlling right on the property. So effectively, your inheritance meant nothing. Yeah. Anyway, there is a, so that really is all I want to say about succession. Succession has been brought in line with that sort of modernistic principle. Yeah. Uh, The concept of a will has been brought in. The, The will concept is an important concept. It is a complete variance from the concept of a Muslim will. Yeah. The Indian Succession Act has really brought in the sound principles that used to apply to wills, which was, let's make sure a will is in writing and let's, let's make sure it is witnessed by people. Muslim law actually had a very uh, interesting concept of a will, which it which meant that it did not need to be reduced to writing. And intent could be determined in various ways. And in any event, a Vasiat nama could never be for the totality of the property. Mm. Today, everybody can have the same will. It makes my life as a lawyer much easier. Custody of children in in any proceeding under this part, the court may from time to time pass such interim orders and make such provision and decree as it may deem just and proper with respect to the care, education, custody and maintenance of minor children consistently with their wishes wherever possible. This This is a new provision. Consistently with their wishes wherever possible. The law never used to say this. This used to be in judgments and there used to be larger provision used to be the best interests of the child. The courts over time felt that the best interest of the child even for a young child is first and foremost ask them where do they want to be because that is where they are happiest. Yes. You may say monetarily or in some other way the child may be better served with one other parent. right? But if the child themselves is saying no but I want to physically be closer to this other parent then the courts generally yield to that. Uh, anyway, let's get to the fun bit. Limit oh, yeah. The best bit. It shall uh-huh. be obligatory, this is section 378. Submission of a statement by partners to a live in relationship. It shall be obligatory for partners to a live in relationship within the state, whether they are residents of Uttarakhand or not. Submit
0: a sab. statement
1: of live in relationship under section 1 of section 381 to the registrar within whose jurisdiction they are so living. Mere ye section hi nahi it's, so, okay, I get it to those who are living within the state. But well, what does we have a residency concept in this law, which I think is a domiciliary concept, which they have confused, or a permanent residence concept, which they have confused. It shall be obligatory for partners to live in to a live in relationship within the state. Right. That means the relationship is within the state. That means this has a concept of a shared household. That definition I've already shown to you. You're a man and a woman. You're living in a shared household in the in a relationship in the nature of marriage. That also I read in the definition. That means that is a relationship occurring within the state of. Oh, you can bring it that up. Bring that up. You can bring that up again. That is occurring within the state. Now, like, look at the next clause. Whether they are residents of Uttarakhand or not, I think what they mean is whether they are domiciliaries of Uttarakhand or whether they have been born in Uttarakhand. I think there's some unhappy wording in the second clause there. Or not to submit to a, a statement of live-in relationship under Subsection 1 of 381. Any residents of Uttarakhand staying in a live-in relationship outside of the territory of the state may submit a statement of live-in relationship. That's an option.
0: <laughs> Uttarakhandi. Basically, Uttarakhandi <laughs> laddies and date hi nahi <laughs> It's an option. So, and this is a unilateral statement, right? So if
1: you, you may be, yeah. So your partner in a live relationship relationship, be Uttara Gandhi, they decide to make a statement to the, uh, to the registrar. And perhaps that statement does not, because we don't know the rules. 381 mein dekhega, does not require the other person's signature, right? If it doesn't require the other person, their privacy is grossly violated because you have now put them on a public record, which they chose not to be in. Now, 379, any child will, shall be a legitimate child of the couple. These are progressive things, right? The legitimacy, illegitimacy debate has basically, first and foremost, has been killed even judicially in India for a long time. So this is only following what was going what was going on. The illegitimate versus non-legitimate debate also came up before the Supreme Court, before Justice Chud, uh, in relation to ancestral property. Now, in relation to ancestral property, the rights were slightly different. Because ancestral property was about legitimacy. So there was a slight variance to that, but to self-acquired property, there is no question of le- legitimacy or illegitimacy. When live in relationship, not to be registered, a live in relationship shall not be registered where the persons are within the degrees of prohibited relationship as defined. What the hell? So if we are within a prohibited relationship, we don't. So Pornhub live in relationship don't need to be registered. Uh, okay. Where at least one of the persons is married or is already in a living relationship, what the hell? So if I'm living in, yeah, so th- then you can't register because you can't be validated. So they are effectively treating registration as a form of validation. Mm. Where at least one of the persons is a minor, this is again unhappily worded or shall not be registered. So they will not accept registration where where one of the persons is a minor. Mm. Where the consent of one of the partners is obtained by force, coercion, etc. You can
0: go on.
2: Mm. It's
0: a brilliant law. Procedure of registration this is the best part
1: yeah partners in a living relationship or persons intending to enter into a living, shall shall submit a statement of re, living relationship to registrar in a format Now we don't know the format yet i don't know if the format ready
0: i the so and so want to declare <laughs> now the way this section is worded it says partners in a living
1: relationship or persons intending to enter i am assuming this has to be a joint statement it cannot be a unilateral statement, right? Mm. Contrast this with the if you move if you go back up again with that three seventy eight two. Any resident of Uttarakhand staying in a live-in relationship outside the territory of the state may submit a statement of live-in relationship. That mm. becomes a unilateral statement by the look of things. Yeah. There you perhaps do not require under may submit a statement of live-in relationship now. It refers to the statement in 381.1. If the statement under 381.1 is a joint statement, right? Then at least I'm hoping under 378.2, if an an Uttarakhandi is in a live-in relationship with someone outside of the state, they cannot have that live-in relationship registered in Uttarakhand by placing this statement without the consent of their partner. Hmm. I am hoping that is the interpretation that will arise. Otherwise, it creates the impression that under 381, and again, this is an assumption because I have not seen the memorandum, the format. I don't know what the format is. That's -hmm. an assumption. The language of 381 suggests suggests partners in a living relationship. Therefore, both together. But 378.2 seems to suggest that that one person was in Uttarakhandi can by themselves register. That disparity, we'll have to see how it gets resolved. The
3: registrar,
1: Exam- a statement of living relationships was submitted by conducting a summary inquiry. So now they can come to your home and start conducting an inquiry or start asking you questions. They don't do this in a marriage. They don't do this in a marriage because the assumption is the families have already done this in a marriage or the complaint will be raised by
0: you. Yeah, which is why what you're so saying is that, that... that
1: say in, this, in this particular act itself that say that you may have been defrauded into a marriage, but if you have known of the fraud for more than one year, then we will not allow you to dissolve the marriage on the ground of that fraud. But for a live-in relationship, they're saying we're going to, we're going to run around to your This is not just egregious. It's outright. There, there, there are people who have argued with me that this may be good because live-in relationships have destroyed the fabric of the West, blah, blah, blah. This is, a, this is not, a, promote, this is not a, a facilitative law. This is a destructive law. This is designed to make live-in relationships so difficult, so harsh, you can never enter into it, or you would never want to enter. into. It. In conducting the summary inquiry, the registrar may summon the partner, person or any other person for verification. Koi I bhi ja ke a, I, no, no, I enter into a live-in relationship because I want to avoid my parents. First thing they do is they're calling the parents. Hmm. Then you know, the registrar's office, the first thing that happens is a massive rain of chitral and that it, live-in relationship is done. <laughs> registrar will say basis. Let's say we are two people who have clear aid certificates, hmm. absolutely clear, crystal clear, because of the disparity in our uh, families, that there is no prohibited relationship, and the registrar still says because he says shall examine the contents. Of living relationship, so submitted and satisfy himself by conducting a summary inquiry. So he's satisfying himself. He still issues notice. They will make this into a mandatory procedure that you must issue notice and call people in, and effectively telling parents your your kids are in a living relationship. Hmm. Perhaps to people this is healthy because they perhaps they will feel that nobody should be in a living relationship without their parents knowing. Yeah. But to me. Sometimes parents are restrictive of choices of adult uh, of, yeah. of, of adult children. And you yeah. cannot have give them this power in this map. Yeah, parents no, should not have that power. Uh, they come to four. This is even, even better. After conducting such summary inquiry Right? As may be deemed appropriate, the registrar shall, within thirty days of receipt of a statement, either enter such statement in prescribed register for registering the live-in relationship and issue a registration certificate, or refuse to register such statement. In which case, the registrar shall inform the statements of person the the inform the persons or partners of the reasons in writing for such refusal. All right, so you refuse. Now what? They say it is only for the purpose of record. You refused. Hmm. That doesn't mean my live-in relationship is illegal. There is nothing that can override my rights under 21, Article 21. And they themselves admit this because in 382, they say registration is only for the purpose of record. It is not. Therefore, it is not an act of validation. Hmm. It is purely an act of intrusion.
0: Yeah, data collect karo taki government ko misuse kar sake government. Ya yaar, the registers registrars maintain registers for statements of living relationships and statements of termination of living relationships. And such are the registers in such manner as may be prescribed. Yeah, what nonsense. And if you don't do it, if you don't do it. It's a punishable go down, go thing. Down.
1: No, no, go down to 387. Go down. Actually, let's do duties of registrar first. They be, they be hone wali hai because Registrar SAF will be basically made into Captain No hey, Sex.
0: is the mission of a statement of termination of living relationship. Matlab, ah, jao, I read to...
1: that to you earlier. No, that after I... you're done, you're terminating. Na. What have they done? Yeah, their first statement of saying we are in a living relationship is as good as the registration of a registration for marriage. What have they done? Statement of termination is as good as a term as a statement of divorce. Right? They've made living relationships effectively into a kind of marriage. Due to the registrar, any statement of living relationship submitted uh, under 381 shall be forwarded by the registrar to the officer in charge of local police. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For record, and in case either of the partners is less than 21 years of age, also inform the parent guardian of such person. Now, now, if either partner is under 21, a girl can get married at 18 by her choice, but she can't be in a live-in relationship between 18 and 21 without the parents knowing. This is madness. This is crazy. And you again put a Thanedhar in place. This is nothing but an invitation to harassment. I hope each of these provisions get struck down, but I'm not so sure I whatsoever will ever do that. Nahin. if the registrar comes to the conclusion that the relationships of such a kind i will mention in section 380 or that the contents of the statement are incorrect he shall inform the officer in charge of the local police station for appropriate action once criminalization
0: starts on any statement of
1: termination being submitted by one partner the registrar shall inform the other partner about the i'm i'll show you the other partner knows <laughs> And in case either the partner is less than 21, also inform the balance guardians and such partners. This is just crazy. They want to be... People who... Were... Now they want to enter into your bedroom. This is not just entering into your bedroom. This is controlling this is... your life. Yeah, that's it. It's pure sanction. What you thought you could always do on your own, you had found as generations over the last 50, 60 years across the world had found a way that, all right, marriage is not my thing. You had found the answer, you had this very legitimate route by which you were conducting your lives, right? You could very easily have provisions of law that say we'll give all kinds of things. For example, uh, offenses and
0: punishment. Now, Whosoever stays in a living relationship for more than one month from the date of entering into such relationship without submitting the statement of such relationship under section subsection 1 of the section 381, shall be punished on conviction by a judicial magistrate with imprisonment for a term which may extend to three months or with a fine not exceeding 10,000. Bola, jail mein jao just because nonsense law? law? Hai? Ye section, law. Ka
1: oh by the way whoever stays in a li- relation live in a relationship for more than one month now now please see the interplay whoever will actually if a statement is not submitted right likely it is not submitted by both yeah so both are liable but who I will who will catch them who will catch them hmm. somebody will go and on inform on them to the local police station Right. And who will it be? Landlords, landlords, landlord rental agreement, That means housing will become more difficult as well. Hmm. And if I'm a landlord, I'll have that fear of boss. If you want to live in my uh, these clauses will appear in uh, tenancy agreements, that you take it from me in writing. These clauses will appear that if you want to take my house on rent and if you have a live in partner, you must comply with 380. 378 to
2: 380.
1: Hmm. And you must provide me proof of compliance with it. Hmm. Everything about your life is supposed to be known to everyone as a mandate of the law. Hmm. I I can only hope, and this is hoping against hope that such a ubiquitous amount of relationship uh, information about live in relationships eventually leads to actually a more liberal outcome in Uttarakhand, where people are like, yeah, this is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, X is also an elimination, Y is also... They just take it to be, you know, completely natural and normal. But that's not what it's going to be. It's going to be targeted harassment. The targeted harassment is not just by extrajudicial persons or extra legal persons, as I was earlier suggesting. It's inbuilt for the police officer to come harass you maintenance if a woman gets deserted by her live in partner she shall be entitled to claim maintenance from her live in partner for which uh, she may approach the court uh, and provisions contained in chapter 5 mutatis mutandis will apply that's fine but deserted not deserted generally in the context of marriage means two years away from each other hmm. i think here what they mean they mean is the moment you leave her yeah then unhappy wording they're not clear on it
0: this- it's just ridiculous.
1: That is the good and the bad of the important bits of law. There are hundreds of other sections that I have not read. I have not deliberately read them because they're highly technical legal sections to which majoritarily there is no necessity uh, for people to know. But these are the big big ticket items. As mm-hmm. and when issues arise on those sections, we can always come and discuss them.
0: Yeah, basically, what's the scheme kya Two girls will take में flat uh, agreement. में yeah. so, agreement. Know, this is
1: the kind of bullshit we used to hear about Iran, where the rules are so strict. This the kind of bullshit we used to hear about those kind of countries. How the hell can we do this to
0: ourselves? Yeah, but... I mean, uh, I think overall, my assessment of this law, after I read it, JahaptuNvergo Beja, is that there are most of the things are actually very sensible, very sure, good.:
1: Most of the things are never going to be problematic. This is what I was explaining to you from the start. The groundwork for what would amount to a UCC if you're covering only these four topics is already exists in Indian law. Hmm. Are you you're cutting and pasting sections from the Hindu Marriage Act, the Hindu Succession Act, the Indian Succession Act. Hmm. You don't need from anywhere. and I have no problems with that. These are yeah. sections that have done well. They have served the purpose.
0: Their interpretation they... has gone well. It's all right. This living okay. relationship section will encourage some sort of where religious police. Tried, where you have tried to apply your
1: own Chaturahi, you've actually ruined the law.
0: What you i questions wrap up uh Nikhil ke sath ek monologue uh, on misandrist laws kariye minimum conviction rate male harassment high courts comments discuss honi chahiye Kushal ji Nikhil ji aap kar लीजिएगा
1: no, we can do this this is real He's not wrong misandrist laws mujhe nahi pata but uh,
0: abusive laws is a very real yeah, is a... no urban india mein hai urban india mein hai
1: urban India, hai, uh, I will, however, give you this perspective. And if you're in Delhi, for example, go to your local trial court. There are dedicated Mahila courts in the trial court. Okay. Mm. Go to that Mahila court and watch proceedings for a day, two, perhaps for a week if you can. You'll see the causeless, you'll see the cases that come up and you will find that it is women who are otherwise abjectly treated who are most capable of using that those courts to their defense. And how important the work is as courts do. Because the overall overarching reality in Indian society still remains about of, of patriar- patriarchal exploitation. That does not imply hmm. that I am suggesting that these abuses don't the abuses are also quite rampant because the problem with us is our numbers are so big, every single category has huge, huge set of numbers. Very and the are not only rampant, they are becoming more and more egregious. They're, they're hmm. terrible. I have now, there used to be a concept that uh, high courts had picked up from psychology and psychiatry, which is called parental alienation syndrome. the parent who would take away the child would try to alienate uh, the the child against the other parent, right? Hmm. That has got to such a point now that uh, it is now referred to as, I just wanted to quickly check on it before I give it to you. it's a, they, They've now made it parental malice syndrome. Malice syndrome to the point where there are convictions now. One in particular has come from the Karnataka High Court where the mother tutors the two-year-old child to say the father used to touch me inappropriate. So these abuses occur. So this is is section etc. the question he asks is not wrong, but I do not want anybody who asks this question to think that the largest fabric of society rests in their truth it does not the larger fabric of society the larger structure of society is still stacked against women hmm.
0: okay uh next question. Would it not be better to enforce recognition of marriage only when registered and mandatory wills? There is no... You can never have a mandatory will, brother. Hmm. How can you
1: force mandatory people will to... Will, to I, a will, a will? I don't mandatory will. raise the
0: question. Uh,
1: uh, show me the question again. One, one other part to it. To enforce recognition of marriage only when only... So this, this first bit, this is classic French lassi. Their their version of secularism. That in fact, religious marriage has no significance, no value. You can conduct your ceremonies. No problem. Enjoy yourself. That's your choice. But the marriage is of no value without the registration. Hmm. This is possible. This is what I was talking about. That the moment a Hindu marriage happens, make it obligatory upon the priest to have the marriage registered through whatever mechanism. There are electronic mechanisms now. That way you also have a clear ground of who is a valid priest and who is not a valid priest. Or who is doing That is a better better system for
0: registration. Uttarakhand has ne French people, if bola, tu marriage register, will <laughs> uh, Uthra- it. keeps going.
1: They- they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll be registering Viagra sales. They'll be registering
0: you know, all kinds of things. Yeah, this, is government not, not, email this is not just thoughts. There's, there's a lot of provisions of
1: these kind of registration provisions. Are, the, the, there is an element to them. If they are kept to a minimalistically intrusive registration system, that is fine. I get the purpose. People do get defrauded in these kinds of situations. It happens quite a lot, particularly now in the electronic world, because the kind of projection people can make about themselves. Online is far greater than it used to be, right? Hmm. <clears throat> but when you make these registration procedures so intrusive in this manner, I am sorry, it
0: is meant to be nothing but
1: womb control. Hmm.
0: Will the amount of uh, with the amount of privacy violations in this bill, would it even stand up to judicial? I, uh, that's the point I've been making.
1: I, I sincerely hope that at least those live-in relationship provisions, some of these registration provisions need to go. There is the other pro- There is the other. There is a lot of unhappy wording. I I can't even understand certain sections because of that way they use the word resident of Uttarakhand in relation to a person who is actually living outside Uttarakhand. So it's not quite clear what we mean. And therefore, there will be an issue of extraterritoriality also. Although extraterritoriality is a basis for legislation by any Indian legislature, including Indian parliament. That is, in fact, the basis of how your taxes are governed. If you are an Indian citizen, your uh, taxes are global and scheduler, which means income earned anywhere can be taxed Mm -hmm. here. Uh, which is how the income tax department at one time was saying Amazon as a permanent establishment in India so therefore we are going to tax all of Amazon's global income in India Hi, India hi, hi, hi. <laughs> Sir Sir, give <laughs> them Nobel Peace Prize de do yaar. Oh aapko. my
0: god It's people so cool. Anyway, so yeah, The, the next question was also already. that Most important question Will the live-in Same section course. be cost? Same I piece. think I think it will no, be quashed. You no, no, see, see, there
1: are good reasons to quash it. There will be a strong defense raised by the state, I have no doubt. But I, if I, I, my feeling with, I know the Supreme Court judges right now. In fact, I even think the Uttarakhand High Court is going to turn around and say, was this, to forget about it.
0: Kaam ho gaya, what na? is,
1: what, see, I, I think the, the the jurisprudence that will evolve is this. You have to have a compelling interest Mm-hmm. To travel onto my right to life, my choice of a partner is my right to life. You have to have a compelling interest to get into this. Now, marriage is certainly a compelling interest, right? I understand. How is this a compelling interest?
0: Never, never ask an Indian babu such questions. <laughs> This is their answers will,
1: I promise you will be like they are defending provisions of marriage registration. Okay. Hmm. And so a, a bad judge could actually get caught in that trap or an unthinking judge could get caught in that trap and get caught with the similarity between marriage and a living relationship. Hmm. Because people who haven't experienced both or haven't, and by experience doesn't mean that everyone has to have had been in a live in relationship, but you have seen people who are in there, you've seen the meaning of these things, you've seen the way these lives progress, you've also seen or have been in long term relationships. I, 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 before my marriage, I may not have been in a live in relationship, but I was in long term relationships and they broke. I could very easily, those could very easily have been live in relationships with you were in the same city, but they broke. What the heck does that mean to me in the context of this registration? Especially when 21, not 21, all this has to be evaluated just to
0: satisfy the registrar. I mean, these provisions are just beyond egregious. I think this comment sums it up. Indian Babus will say, Tum jo bhi karo, mujhe thousand rupees de do.
1: <laughs> Yeah, but the problem is this time it won't just be the Indian Babu, not just the registrar, it will also be the Thaneda. Yeah, yeah. sub look, it's a democratic system. Yeah, hai na, because the hai. register is open to anybody else's inspection, wo bhi aare, extortion.
0: extortion. Vale. <laughs> 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 it's a definition section. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, this is so good. Uh... This is is section uh, 3, subclause 4, subclause E. D. Okay. Statement of live-in relationship means a jointly signed statement. Okay, at least it's jointly signed. To the effect that a man and a woman are in a live-in relationship or intend to enter into such a relationship, submit to the registrar in the prescribed manner.
2: (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. Oh shit. Oh,
1: oh. a combination. You know what should be done? You know what should be done? Like uh, lacks of couples. Lacks and lacks of couples as a mark of protest, right? Should on one day submit the statement of live in relationship? And two days later, submit the termination of the relationship <laughs> and fucking totally inundate the registrar. Usko <laughs> <jake>. Right. And <laughs> then do a mix and match. You have to uh, inundate
0: but... the system to the point where there's is
1: unworkable.
0: It's <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. And on that hilarious note, Nikhil, this was brilliant. Thanks, as always, for coming and educating us. Uh, Take care, buddy. Thanks. Thanks so much. I enjoyed myself. Yeah. Okay, guys. (laughs) If you're in Uttarakhand, I just want to say one thing. If this is your reality, you're so fucked. (laughs) If you are into a living relationship. But I think the uh, the positive side is uh, all the... All the bad elements of religious law in India are finally done away, at least in Uttarakhand. So, for those women who have suffered and borne the brunt of third rated religious laws, it's a very positive development. I'm actually very, very, very certain that this uh, draconian live in relationship clause will be removed and the rest will remain a reality after judicial scrutiny. And other states will also do the same thing. And eventually, we will go to a uniform civil code. In principle, the idea of a uniform civil code remains valid, uh, but Indian babus, being Indian babus, they will always entertain us. <laughs> I
1: just, I just want to point out one more thing on the live-in relationship thing, right? The definition—that's uh, why I read the definition earlier—means a relationship between a man and a woman who cohabit in a shared household through a relationship in the nature of marriage, which is really the Indian babu language of saying. That they've been having sex with each other, right? Oh, so if can't. I now have to say the, the onus changes, if I've been living with a girl for three months because we're roommates for six months because we're roommates, I mean this is common in Delhi and Bang in Bombay and Bangalore, wow. etc. Yeah. yeah. The registrar will come and say the complaint has been filed, Taridar will come and say, oh, you haven't registered, we're going to put you into jail. Now you will have to go to court and prove that you've not been having sex. <laughs> Oh, Kya my ho, tumne hai ki <laughs> oh my god, and imagine this, bro. We've all grown up this way. Proving that you haven't had sex with someone is <laughs> not easy. When everybody wants to know <laughs> 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 I mean, this is a straight way out of me. I don't लड़का लड़की कभी दोस्त नहीं होते and a girl. You 6 relationship effectively. Oh god, dude, this is absurd beyond
0: absurd, yeah. This, yeah. Bill, this bill was designed by an incel.
1: Either that or I think you the the poster that you had made, right? This is this is designed by one of those shit comedy writers from, from Bollywood. Like the really fuck all comedies from Bollywood, right? Like the I mean names that don't even come to my mind
0: it's a serious This is the beauty of this country, ladies and gentlemen. So once again, I support the law in principle, but this section has to go, in my view. I think it will go. But go follow yeah, Nikhil. Before you end, okay, I this is a
1: fervent plea from this platform. From my side at least. Every single stand-up comedian in this country has a duty to absolutely bombast this law, this particular I mean, part of the law. I know a few of them. Will, if, if, if you if have a legal analysis Jena, please feel free to reach out to me. I will help you with a legal analysis. Because if I just analyze it dryly, completely dryly as a lawyer, I can't stop laughing as a lawyer. It's a plea from my end. Please, for every single... Um, Stand-up comedian, especially the kings of this, like guys like Zakir Khan, etc., they have to do this. They have to do this. They have to make mince meat of this thing.
0: Abhi, abhi yeah. Papa CJ, th ho, so, guys, go follow Nikhil on Twitter. And uh, as far as the Charwag podcast is concerned, you know the drill. You can become a member, YouTube, Patreon, fan more, wherever. By the merch, go to kushalmehra.com and if you can't do anything, just like, subscribe, share this video. If you're an audio listener, leave a rating on your audio platform. Uttarakhandwalo live in relationship. <laughs> Bye.